I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off by, by, I have to admit something that I'm not heaps proud of. Is that okay? It's, a, it's not in like a scandalous kind of a way. So it's okay, you all thought you had something on me, you could judge me, but it's not that. It's just more that I'm a bit embarrassed that I, um, I've done a bit too much over, of it over the last couple of weeks. And it started, I don't even know, it just came up in my, my Facebook feed or something. Uh, but I keep getting sucked into watching more of these videos. And I've been watching a bunch of clips from Antiques Roadshow. Are there any Antiques Roadshow kind of fans in the, in the room? Now, when it was on TV, you know, it would be on every now and then. Whatever, I didn't care. But they put these together, these really small clips. And I, I've just, it's been really addictive for me. I love, like, watching and wanting the item to be worth a crazy amount of money. Do you watch it and you go, gee, I hope that's worth, like, just stacks of money? Anyone else? No? Anyway, they like bring their, maybe what they think is treasure. Sometimes it's just junk that they've had lying around the house. And, and it gets kind of evaluated and, and they put a value on it at the end. You all know how the show works. Yep. Who has never heard of Antiques Roadshow? Give me a wave. Okay, good. We're all on the same page. Um, now, I've just loved it. Like this idea of, yeah, junk turns into treasure. Now, Antiques Roadshow is bad enough, but it seems like, like whatever kind of uh, the what's the thing called where they match videos? The the thing algorithm has then put up uh, porn stars. Now, don't get too excited. That's like P A W N porn stars, the shop, the porn shop, uh, and and for a similar reason, it's kind of like people bring in something that they're wanting money for and you're hoping that it's like something worth a crazy amount of money and they bring in experts. So, uh, I'm now an expert on samurai swords. You bring a samurai sword, I'll, I know how to pull it apart. I'll tell you where it's from. Uh, uh, other weapons, there's lots of like kind of old guns. I... I really like the time pieces, just letting you know, like little, little watches and clocks. They, it's really fascinating how much detail. And, uh, and Fabergé jewellery apparently is a thing. Yeah, man, that's, it's going to bring the price right up if you've got the stamp on there. Anyway, I love the search, though, for uh, the most important and valuable things. In those shows, it's, it's kind of like, let's search for this, this really important, valuable thing. We kicked off uh, this year with a series on what is God saying to you? I think we had a little slide, but what is God saying to you? And we kind of started off the year and we, we talked a, a little bit about how do we actually hear from God? Like sometimes we think it's super mystical, like he'll appear in a dream or talk to us, but actually we kind of found out it, it happens through searching God's Word, doesn't it? God speaks to us through His Word. He, he, and also in prayer, that actually if we leave the space, God talks to us during prayer as well. And then we heard from the people I said, uh, Sarah, Jacob, and Megan, who kind of shared what God was saying to them personally. Well, today we're finishing up that series. This is the last week of that. And, and this morning... I want to kind of just suggest something that I believe that God is saying to Rev Church. Is that okay? Something that 
Over the last few weeks while I've been on break, you kind of have a lot of headspace, which is really good, and being able to, you know, search God, uh, spend heaps of time in prayer, and just just would love to, to share with you. And just like, just like the Antique Roadshow videos, this is the link with the Antique Roadshow, uh, I've been searching God, what is the most important thing? What is the most valuable thing for our church to hear this morning? And just like at the start of the year when I shared, I was really hoping that it would be some, like the most amazing prophetic word you've ever heard. Like, you know, like you would all be rocked by what I had to bring this morning. It was like, and I want to tell you, and it was something new and amazing, but what I want to tell you is that this is really simple. Again, really simple, but again, it's something that is like so important. It seems really simplistic at first, but actually as we explore it, it's actually quite difficult. Um, And I believe it's a bit of a word for us personally, for each of us, but also corporately as as a whole church. Is that cool if I share that this morning with you? And I, I believe it's going to be a focal point for our year. Over the last couple of years, we kind of have talked about something at the start of the year that's traveled with us through the rest of the year. And I believe that this is one thing that we will keep going back to as 2022 kind of continues. We're going to have a look at, at Matthew 4. So right at the start of, of Matthew, and it's it's the very start of Jesus' ministry. Um, He's just been baptized by John the Baptist, the baptizer, and uh, and he and Jesus has just faced temptation in the desert, and he starts his ministry, and he starts it like cracking off with a with a big crowd already. And I want to take us to Matthew four. We're starting at verse eighteen. It's just a really little passage, verse eighteen to twenty two. Uh, you can read along if you got your phone or your Bible out. You might want to mark a few words. I'm not sure, but maybe give it a go. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they were fishing for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Let's pray and we'll just explore this together. Uh, God, we thank you that you're always with us. We thank you that Holy Spirit, you're at work right now. Just ask that you prepare our hearts, Holy Spirit, that you point out uh, truth, that you point to Jesus this morning. We thank you for fellowship. We thank you for our community. Uh, Come and do amazing things here, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So simple story, right? It's it's well known to to most of us. Uh, Definitely if we've kind of been around church, we know this story. The calling of the, the first disciples. So your question might be, Nath, well, what's the deal with that this morning? Like, we know that, we've heard that. It's, um, it's a good story. It's well known. It's got a great song attached to it. Anyone remember 
make you fishes of men. I thought we would give it a go, but then uh, in a round. I always stand up at the wrong bit. Uh, anyway, um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, it's not worth. It's not worth it. <laughs> Just isn't. I believe Jesus' invitation in this story is the same invitation for us today. Same as it was for Simon and Andrew. Three simple words. Come, follow me. Come, follow me. I told you it seems simplistic, but this is what I believe Holy Spirit has been leading me to over and over again. So we're going to spend some moments exploring what does this call of Jesus, come follow me, actually mean for us here this morning? What does it mean for us as a whole church? And I want to say, and I want to start with something that we've we've covered before, but we just need to keep telling uh, we need to reminding ourselves. This invite that Jesus says, come follow me, isn't an exclusive invite. Actually, the, this invite is an invite for all. An invite for all. There are no prerequisites required for this invite of Jesus, come follow me. There is no assumed knowledge It's not Jesus saying, when you have everything together, come and follow me then, right? It's not even when you have enough faith, come and follow me. It's actually just come follow me. It's as you are right now, come follow me. Simon and Andrew, we know, fishermen, the story tells us, Sure, they, they probably had a decent kind of small business. Like, you know, people like fish and they were bringing food. But, but not super educated guys. Definitely didn't have the kind of the prerequisites of being, you know, movement starters, right? Definitely not the type of people a rabbi would kind of grab and want to follow them, like as disciples. I always think, like, just rough guys, fishermen. Like workmen, I'm sure language wasn't like the best thing. I'm sure that they would have, no, it's sailors, isn't it? Fishermen, sailors, same thing, swear like sailors, fishermen. That's a new saying, they swear like fishermen. Um, But like normal, average guys. That was the call that Jesus gave to these guys. On Friday night at, at Rev Youth, uh, Sam actually preached on Friday night and he, he told us again and reminded us again of the story of Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. We couldn't figure out which, which one it is. But Zacchaeus, uh, Jesus calls Zacchaeus, right, as he is, a tax collector. Now, a tax collector meant that this guy was betraying his own people, right? We, we know that he was ripping people off. Jesus doesn't say, go sort yourself out. Once you've sorted yourself out, you can come and follow me. No, he doesn't. He, he says, get down from the tree, follow me. We see a, a turnaround in, in Zacchaeus's life, don't we? But he was betraying his people when Jesus called him. I think sometimes, and maybe, maybe even more so in our movement, 
We think of calling as something that only the most special people get. Only the most spiritual would receive a calling from Jesus. Can I tell you this morning, I think we've got that wrong. Jesus' call is for all of us. Yeah? All of us. I wrote down some, come follow me, isn't for someone else. Come follow me is for you. I wrote down some notes. I think Sam may have said it, but they're down as my notes from Friday night. Jesus doesn't ask us to be transformed before we follow him. By following him, our lives will be transformed. We can come to Jesus with whatever faith we have now. We may come with more doubts than we do faith in following him. But as we follow him, I guarantee your faith will be built. He turns those doubts into belief. Come follow me. So the first thing is that invite is for all of us. It's for our neighbours. It's for our city. The second thing, and kind of that idea of being transformed follows. Who knows that there are lots of things that we can follow in life, right? Yeah? I, like I, I, follow, I follow the Tigers in footy. Are there any Crow supporters who are still like a bit salty with me because I go for the Tigers? Joel. Uh, we, I go for the Tigers. I follow a football team. I follow like other teams, basketball teams. But there's other things that we follow, right? Like we follow, uh, we follow different trends. Does anyone like follow? Clearly I follow fashion trends. <laughs> like, I'm just on top of it. Um, but we follow different trends, right? We, we follow, uh, some of us may follow different influences. You know, we follow things on, on Instagram or, or Facebook. We've, some of us follow political parties. Follow, some of us follow those kinds of things, right? So we do that individually, but also as a church sometimes. Who knows that we follow different things sometimes as a church? Sometimes the, the draw is for us to you know, follow whatever the latest church trend is. Sometimes it's for us to follow what, what we see as successful churches are doing. We just follow their example. We might follow a hill song or a, whatever it might be. Sometimes we try and follow just popular opinion. In John 14 and John 14 verse 6, um, Jesus is with his disciples and he's, he's talking with his disciples and one of his disciples is kind of like, Jesus, where are we going? They've been following Jesus as his disciple, but he's kind of like, where are we going? And, and Jesus replies to him, he goes, you know the way. And he's like, what are you talking about, Jesus? I don't know what you're talking about. And Jesus replies with this. Uh, John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way and the truth and the life. Who knows there's lots of ways we can go. There's lots of things we could follow. But actually Jesus is saying following him is the way. It's, it's the way. And it's the way to truth. And it's the way to a full and abundant life. 
John 10, 10, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. Like Jesus came to bring us a full, rich, satisfying life, an abundant life. Jesus is the way to that life. I am, um, it happens a lot. You, have, I'm sure you've heard, just follow your truth. Has anyone ever heard that before? Just follow your truth. Now, like I like, I like the idea-ish. But who knows? Let's be honest with ourselves. If I follow my truth, I've got no idea about anything, hey. Don't you reckon? Except for fashion, clearly. I bet, but if I followed my truth, it, my truth is warped and it's, it's messed up, actually. And I don't really know anything. Like, who in the room actually has the best way forward for us all. Not, not anyone in this room, as much as I love you all. Can I tell you this idea of following your truth? Like, there's no power in following your truth. What does that even mean, by the way? Like, following your truth. As a church, this is for us. We aren't following another church. We aren't following, like, what's the coolest. I want to tell you that there's no power in trying to follow other things. I want to tell you that we want to take up Jesus' invitation of come follow me. And when we do, we will find that there is power in following Jesus. That there is truth. That we actually find that there is a defined truth in Jesus. That as we follow him, we find that he is the way and that abundant life flows from him. We, like I said at the start, we've, we've had a few like little key sayings over the last couple of years. Uh, two years ago when the pandemic kind of hit, our, our thing at the start of the year was we're just keeping our eyes on Jesus. That was pretty good to keep us through that year, wasn't it? Like when we like think, well, doesn't matter what's happening, we're just going to keep, keep our eyes on Jesus. And then last year, one of the things that kept, we kept coming back to was this abiding in Christ. It's kind of, there's a theme of kind of emerging, isn't there? We rely on Jesus. And this year, come follow me is what we're looking at. The third thing, and I... I I know that I said this idea is simple and the invitation is for all, but, but I need to let you know also that there is a cost to following Jesus. Sometimes we, we kind of will say, oh, following Jesus is the best thing ever. And we forget to mention that actually truly following Jesus, there is a cost. Following Jesus isn't like an easy Instagram follow. It's not like we come to church and we go, uh, yep, tick, I'm going to follow Jesus. And that's it. We just kind of watch from a distance. In the same way I'd follow a football team, we watch from a distance, we go, yay, when my footy team wins. And that's not following Jesus. He talks about, and this is Jesus talks about, counting the cost of following him. That there's actually a cost, and, and it's a humbling of ourselves. And it's a surrender of ourselves to follow Jesus, isn't it? It's actually admitting that we don't know the best. 
that our truth isn't the best, that maybe there is a better way and maybe our God knows better. He knows best. The cost means that we sometimes have to lay down our own agendas. It means we forgive when we don't feel like it. It means sometimes doing the hard thing because it's the right thing. In the case of the disciples, it actually was meant danger to their well-being. But it means living for and serving others. I want to tell you, and I want to be really honest, because sometimes we've painted the wrong picture. Following Jesus still means that there will be pain and grief. That's actually part of a rich, full, satisfying life. That's actually part of God's plan for a whole life. But can I tell you that we live through that pain and that grief with the reassurance of resurrection? That's, that's not just with death, but that's with anything that we face. We, we still face the pain. We still go through hard moments. That's what life is like. But we are assured of resurrection. If we take up this invite individually and corporately, it's going to mean surrender. We, we just sang about re-surrender. I want to tell you, I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> if, if you've been to my house and I'm on the couch, you'll see that there's a, like a gravitational pull of all the remote controls around me. I, I need to be in control. I like to be in control. So this idea of come follow me that Jesus says, I have to lay that down. I have to surrender to Jesus. One thing, and I, I kind of mentioned at the start of the year, one, one phrase that you'll probably hear a lot this year in this idea of following Jesus is, how do we become apprentices of Jesus? It's not just a follow, like I said, like an Instagram follow. It's actually, how do we become apprentices of Jesus? How do we model our whole life around Jesus and his teaching, his leading? And this morning, it is simple, the response. Because the response is, do we say yes to Jesus saying, come follow me? And is our response, yes, I will follow you, Jesus, knowing that there is a cost to that. Maybe there are some of us in the room who, who decided to follow Jesus a long time ago. And, and that's great, and I love that. I, I think the more people that, that have followed Jesus for their lifetime, the better. But, but maybe, maybe it has turned into that following like a football team or an Instagram kind of a follow. Maybe it's a bit more passive. Happy to say that I follow Jesus, but what's the day-to-day actually look like? Is there a daily surrender to God's will in that? Are we searching God's word every day? Are we, are we praying every day? Like really simple things, but can transform our lives. I, I just want to take a moment this morning before we share in barbecue together 
and hang out and kind of get to catch up and I love that. Is this morning just a morning where you just need to recommit again? This call, come, follow me. Maybe, maybe you've decided that before, you just need to recommit. Let's do it this morning. Let's, let's remake that commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe for you this morning, it's, it's something you've thought about, but never actually gone, yeah, my life now, I want to follow Jesus. Well, we're going to provide an opportunity to do that right now. Can I tell you, you can do this at any time. Jesus doesn't like turn up at a church service and, and call like people say, come follow me, only a church, right? In fact, it never happens in the Gospels. It's as we do life. God can call us and we can answer his call anytime. But this morning, as we are together in community, it's a great opportunity to go, I'm going to re-surrender. I want to follow you, Jesus. So we're going to take a couple of moments. We're just going to spend some time in prayer. And just again, kind of recommit ourselves. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are really good. We thank you that um, you are on a mission to restore and renew our world. We thank you that you are making all things new. We thank you for your resurrection and and the sign that there's resurrection available to us. God, our um, our neighbourhoods are pretty broken. Our our city's a little bit broken. And God, I thank you that you are on mission to change that. Thank you, Jesus, that you invite us just as we are to join you in that mission. Holy Spirit, come and minister to us this morning. The call from Jesus is come, follow me. take a minute. Will you say yes to that? Yes, Jesus, I will follow you.